This is CliffCentral.com. This show contains adult content. If you find it offensive, please go to the CliffCentral.com website where there's a show for you. Central.com. It is Friday morning. It's just after 10. This is John T. Searle with Sex Talk. And with me is Tamar, of course. Good morning. Good morning, John T. And a very special friend, Jessica, who has come in to share her journey of sexual healing, of sexual exploration, which is a really beautiful, really powerful experience to share because so many women and men but we're talking about women this morning would love to have this journey would love to have these experiences there is so much fear about sexual healing there is so much judgment there is so much guilt and shame and embarrassment that we live with with our sexuality and by you sharing your story that makes it possible for other people to go on this journey to create lives and experiences of fulfillment, of happiness, of fun, of excitement. So I really say thank you for that. Yeah, thank you for coming. Mm. And I just want to say, you have two women in the studio Mm -hmm. that started their journey with you. That's how I started my understanding of who I am, really. And it's still difficult to explain to family. It's Mm. still difficult because it's only one expression of who we are, but Mm. so many times it overlaps and it actually helps to be a more a, a full expression of your own mm. self after you discover yourself and you heal a sexual part. And we're just talking about it outside. The fact that, yeah, you can have many sides. You can have a kink side. You can have a sexually wounded side that you want to fix or heal. You can have a different perversions. You can have beauty and romance. It's a whole thing. And it's not just one aspect of ourselves because our sexuality and our sensuality impact on almost every other area of our lives. It becomes a tool for self-knowledge, for growth, for exploration, and it links to our creativity, it links to our heart, it links to our personal power. Absolutely every aspect of who we are is in that. How did this journey begin for you? Well, I was um, early 30s and had just had yet another failed relationship, and really felt that there was something wrong with me because I couldn't sustain a relationship or I wasn't in a place where I was about to get married or have kids. You know, the very heteronormative Mm. kind of idea of your progress and your success in the Mm. world. And I was definitely at a place where it it really, in retrospect now, it feels like a split in in the road. Mm. I could either have gone on a journey that would have been most likely very self-destructive, or I could have explored this route. And I mean, at at the time, I had no idea. I was Mm. just frustrated and angry and lonely and um, kind of put something out on Facebook in a public forum I am a part of saying, 
just talking about I'd stumbled on some sexual healing on mm. on the net, and someone then pointed me in the direction of of you. Um, and I kind of had the assumption that the first meeting would be a very comfortable sort of girl chat with cups of coffee and complaining about <laughs> yeah, men just, and just reading macro you know macro um, cosmo yeah. you know going to cosmo finding you know just buy better exactly yeah, yeah. E exactly um, so i was prepared for a very sort of brief interaction mm. And when I sat down in your room that day mm. and you asked me, well, you said, tell, tell me your sexual story, I started talking and very soon I started crying. Mm. And that was the moment where I realized there is some big work mm. that I need to do and there are things I have to reconcile and um, there are things I need to address about my vulnerability mm. and the fact that I've never allowed that sexually and actually it, it started a few months prior to actually meeting you when I'd read a, you, you joke about Cosmo but I'd read an article in the O magazine about you know as much as women assume they are sexually liberated if they're going out and having lots of sex where is the vulnerability in that yeah. and what is the and that really hit home it was it was a an aha moment about have I been vulnerable mm. what does vulnerability even mean Am I as sexually liberated as I think I am mm. if I'm not being honest? Well, you know, there's two interesting things that come from that. The first is, from a healing point of view, if there's no vulnerability, there's no healing. Yeah. It's that simple. Yeah. And the more vulnerable and the more open to that we're willing to be, the more we're let go of, the yeah. more of the conditioning, the patterning, Absolutely. the hurts of the past. Um, and then the other part of that is quite fascinating because a lot of people think that they're open. And just because you might have a lot of sex or you might have had a lot of sexual experiences, how emotionally open and vulnerable mm. have you been? How spiritually open have you been? How much of your real self have you been willing to share in that? And, and my, my understanding of that was so mm. superficial at the time. Mm. It was really about... Have I hooked up with a man? Has he had an orgasm? Mm. Have I been brave enough to be on top? Mm. That was my understanding of, of what sexual pleasure or sexual pursuit. And was it a and functional experience? Like, yeah. yeah. Is everybody okay with it? You know, like tick. Mm. Yeah. Where all the boxes ticked off exactly. that made it. So we set up certain criteria for the experience yes. to be successful. Yes. After that, very happy. Thank you. Game over. We've done exactly Absolutely. what we should have. Yeah. And that becomes the limitation. Yeah. And just really strongly, the, the realization that my vulnerability had never been part, well, mm. maybe not never, but hadn't been a big enough part. But it was of the my, surface of what it, it could yes, have been. Yes, and it was um, a very small component, and I hadn't mm. really even explored it, or hadn't found a lover mm. who made me feel comfortable enough to explore mm. it. Jonti had on the show uh, a wonderful teacher named Valentina Love uh, a few weeks ago, and uh, she... Emphasize, she could emphasize enough the fact that women, they're very connected to their sexual side. So they say, you know, the fact that you are very aware of that sexual side has no correlation actually, has not real anchoring to your actual, what is to be, is it, have we lost completely the idea of becoming, being feminine, our feminine mm. sexuality. Mm. We are trying to do, be a true expression or an expression of male sexuality yeah, and yeah. the different expressions of that feminine from the really gentle the really mm. soft to the absolute fire goddess and everything in yeah. between that 
So my first few months with you, mm. I mean, if I talk about it now again in retrospect, it was therapy. Mm. It felt very much like unpacking all my understanding of what sex, sexuality, sensuality had been. Um, it felt like a, it felt like a lot of hard work, mm. and often it was tears and anger and chaos. And I remember seeing a friend, um, sort of a few months in, and saying to them, I literally feel like I'm in a black box. Mm. I feel like I am at this point where it's really hard and it's I'm negotiating all the stuff and it like, like therapy mm. where where you where you really are in a space where nothing is um nothing is obvious or clear mm. or safe. And then a few weeks after that I felt like literally I'd emerged. Mm. There was a sense of okay now I have the storm and now other side. But we have to go through that because an important part of, of any healing journey, and it actually never ends, and the deeper mm. that you go into healing, the more of that gets revealed is the acknowledgement of the aspects of yourself, of what mm. it is that we've done, of who we are. And the more that we see, the more that there is to see. And it's layers and layers and layers. Our perspective on it changes, so it stops becoming painful. Yeah. But in the beginning, yeah. it is painful. Mm. And I'll tell you one of the biggest learnings that I've had in the past couple of weeks is all of those aspects of ourselves that cause pain are aspects that we haven't owned, accepted, and loved. So they become separate from us. Mm. And as soon as there's separation, firstly, there's no wholeness. But there's no healing because we've disowned that. Yeah. So we need to own them, and that is painful. Because of the guilt, the shame, the embarrassment, the expectations that others have on us. So at that age in your life, there are certain things that you should be doing for acceptance by family, by friends, by certain community. Mm -hmm. And that makes it incredibly difficult. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of it was the renegotiation of my ideals of myself. Mm. So if I am vulnerable, what does that mean for me in other spaces, not mm. not just in my sensuality mm. or my intimacy. What am I at work mm. if I'm vulnerable? What am I driving my car if I'm vulnerable? Mm. And it felt like it was a whole renegotiation of huge aspects of mm. myself. Um, and like you say, reconnecting to those bits which felt uh, separate or dislocated mm. or disconnected. And the vital part of that is... Until we're willing to be vulnerable, and the interesting thing is, as you say, what does it mean at work? So, for mm. example, in most work environments, vulnerability goes with weakness. Yeah. Because that can be exploited yeah. in some way. The real truth is that when we're vulnerable, we're actually most honest, which makes us most powerful. Because mm. then I've revealed, this is who I am, this is what I am. And we drop those illusions, we drop the masks. That's when relationships can be authentic. Until then, it's a mask to a mask. It's an illusion to an illusion. Which people are happy to spend their lives. And I'm yes. saying it not because of patronizing. It's just, I'm sitting and just observing lately. Mm. And I, I see those, I look at TVs, I look at alcohol, I look at marriages that are very functional. I look at, because I have a friend that is working on very interesting uh, separation mm. and she explains it to me as um, it's just you know I pursue life experience and happiness mm. and who is ever with me 
join with me, but it has, I'm not going to stay in a relationship mm. if, I, if, if the other person is not. Mm. And I look at all those masks that the society just wants to keep mm. us nice yeah. and paralyzed, nice and numb. And numb is the right word. Yeah. People and that's what them. most of our world is. It's numb because it's comfortable. Pink yeah. Floyd said it fantastically. Yeah. I have become comfortably numb. And and it's not it's not it's not actually we're not saying anything to um, accuse anybody. It's just an opportunity, you know, by Jessica mm. telling her story, by you know, Johnny mm. being vulnerable. Vulnerability is a word you repeat a lot. You actually just invite because you know I'm I'm thinking maybe some people sitting at home thinking. Maybe, you know, what's the profile of a woman that goes to sexual healing? Is she slutty? Is she uh, just desperate? Has she tried everything? What's the profile of that woman? And even this thinking, this kind of thinking, so judgmental, so scared. Well, We're scared. You know, I keep writing about that in articles. Mm -hmm. Who comes to this kind of journey? And the simple thing that I always start that kind of article with is you. So whether you're yeah. 25, whether you're 55, and you're somewhere yeah. in between that, or you're 70, it's you. Whether you're married or single, it's you. Whether you're happy or not, it's you. Whether you're a swinger or you're monogamous, it's you. Whether you're in a relationship mm -hmm. or not, it's you. Whether you're religious or not, it's you. And that's the truth of it, because it's all of us. Yeah. And it, it goes back to what you were saying earlier about the... Um the different facets mm. of ourselves and how sexuality really is. Sensuality and sexuality is all mm. of that. Because once you're harnessing that, then you're more creative, you're more fulfilled, mm. you're more open. You're... And I think for me, what it's been is, is seeing other ways and other options. So in that time of real darkness, mm. where all of the anger, the tears, all of that yeah. is coming up, what stood out for you that you were able to acknowledge about yourself? Huh. It was hard. It, when you're in that space, it's so hard. I think all you're feeling is the emotion. Mm. But I think I knew that there was severe change happening and that something was shifting. Mm. I mean, I think the chaos was an indication of that. Mm. There was stuff that was latent, that had kind of been awoken. There were new discoveries. There mm. were... Um, and I think very significantly it felt... You know, before I was regretting end of relationships or I was regretting being alone. And suddenly it felt like in all that chaos and that emotional state, that was the biggest gift. Mm. So what society viewed as being um, something that was wrong, me being single, not being married, not having kids, felt like the greatest gift because there was just this new exploration mm. and this all this discovery to happen around literally around a lot of, you know, a lot of my body and a lot of my emotional spaces, which was really nothing new. It was just new ways of looking at mm. it, new perceptions on and it. And that's often the key to healing is a perception that becomes expanded, allows us to see ourselves, to see our lives, our relationships, our experiences differently. Yeah. And as soon as we can do that, worlds open and mm. keep on opening. Mm. And every couple of kind of more degrees that you take. I remember doing a photo shoot years ago for a, a project of some erotic writing. And for one of the shoots that we did, we put a model on a revolving board, like a big kind of lazy Susan. Right. And it was marked in, I think it was five degrees. So it was a 360 degree 
circle, hmm. and I think it was marked in five or ten degrees. And every shot, the model, she was standing on this board, camera was static, and she was moved five degrees, five degrees. So in the end of it, it was this 360-degree view hmm. of her. And it's the most amazing thing to see yourself that when you see all of that kind of in one. So, you know, then it was put on a computer and you get to see your entire being from every different angle. In absolutely incredible. And I remember her looking at it and the emotion and the tears that came out at just mm. the beauty of her from so many different angles. It was an incredible, incredible thing. Mm. And emotionally, this journey allows us to do the same thing. I want to yeah. say something about what you, you've mentioned about you not having kids and, you know, not mm. married yet or as a choice. We prioritize what's important for yeah. us in life, right? So, so I'm always, I'm kind of the, the spectator who always thinks, because I, I see Janti's work as sacred, really, as, as, a, as a, one of the things that heal, heal society, heal just people, women and couples and people in general, um, I always try to look at what the other side is thinking. And mm. again, oh, she, you see, if you go to sexual healing, you discover that you're actually not supposed to get married. All those things, a lot of people want to get married. They don't want to be married. They want to have a wedding. They don't mm. want to be in a marriage. Mm. Um, again, it's something that it's just a priority. Time to get mm. married, time to have kids. They discover when they're 30, 40, 50, 60, they actually have been running for a cause and not because they feel their mm. or their fullness or the, who they are, who they are presently. And that is something that I so embrace, and I'm so glad you said it, because mm. a lot of people actually maybe not mm. get married so quickly, if they will ever. Um, and a lot of people will not have kids if they actually mm. think of what they really need. But it's, it's, it's something that society sometimes mm. takes over. Yes, yeah. One of my understandings of that journey is that simply... When we're in a space, when we're in a limited space, the choices that we see are limited. So as we're able to expand that, we're able to make different or more choices. So from that point of view, how aware were you that the choices you'd made were very limited? I think I was, re I was in a space where it felt like there was only one option. Mm. So I'd find a partner, there would be a relationship, there would then be marriage or there'd be, mm. it felt like one option. Mm. And, and the fact that I didn't have that option immediately available to me was, was an issue and felt like I was, I was failing. Mm. Um, but then once I came, you know, there was sort of the process of the intense healing and sort of being in that, all that chaos. And then coming out of it, it really felt like, it was time for me to play and time for me mm. to experience. And suddenly it was. Worlds just opened. Mm. There were so many different possibilities and different ways of being and different ways of having relationships, which I think is what I value so much now, that I'm in a space where I can negotiate how I'd like my relationships to mm. be. And as long as there is total consensuality about that, it's... I, it's, I'm amazed constantly about the degrees and the, the variations and the possibilities mm. now. Which is incredibly freeing. Absolutely. And yeah. the more choices we see that we have, the more freedom yes. 
we have. Yes. And uh, I read something last week, I think it was a quote from Thomas Jefferson. Um, I would rather have dangerous freedom than comfortable slavery. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and that really resonates. Because mm. um, with that goes the responsibility for ourselves. Yes. That my emotional space in a relationship is about me more than anything else. And what really was another sort of aha moment was letting go of the judgment, which mm. I think is what you're referring to, Tamar, the um, feeling that I'm meant to be somewhere or mm. I should be mm. or all those limiting sort of phrases and ideas that once I let go of that, like let go of the judgment, mm. you know, if you're a slut, you're a slut. If people mm. think you are, you know, just abandon those and suddenly these worlds opened up which were, which are mm. still incredible and exciting and explorative mm. and... Yeah, and that just is, becomes one aspect of you. Yes. It's not all, it's not all. that you yes. are. Yes. And that's the thing, that when we're in a space that, let's call it non-healing, for want of, uh, I don't even know what else to call mm. that space anymore. But when we're in that space, the story that we live from is all-encompassing. Instead of saying, I'm not that story. Yeah. And that's not all that I am Either. Yeah. It's one narrative. Yes. It's not the Uber narrative, it's just one That's a perception. One thread of this amazing tapestry yes. of my life, my being, my story. And essentially I can keep rewriting the story. But I need to see where I've come from in the story. Mm. And not live from that past. And that's unfortunately what so many people want to do is live in that story from that past. Then at any given moment, you have the choice to create a totally new story. It's really beautiful, really mm. powerful. How was it for you to be in a room with a man, you know, a therapist? Do you, you know, there's some points you need to, to be, you know, like in a, in a more intimate, not intimate, in a more vulnerable situation? And, um, like, how, because a lot of people don't go to sensual or intimate therapy or what, or sexual therapy because they're afraid of being exposed, being naked. What was it for you and what, how, how did it get to be comfortable or what was it? Um, I think, in a sense, I was, I was lucky, <laughs> although I know that's a contentious phrase. I've, I've done a lot of yoga work prior to coming on this sort of path. And I think that really helped with the idea of, of energy and understanding exchange and, and really having experiences which I could understand are intangible. There are a lot of experiences you have on your mat which you can't explain, but you, they resonate so much with you that you feel the need to continue the practice, to continue going back because you are changed mm. by those experiences. And so I think from the initial appointment with, with Jaunty, there was a sense of, I understand the flow of energy. I understand that there are experiences and there, there, is, um, there is an impact to the work, which I think made me more comfortable in the space, mm -hmm. to, to answer your question, and made me feel very honored, supported, loved, um, And I, yeah, I think there was always trust. I can't, again, I can't explain it. It just, mm. it felt right. 
it felt like the minute I started crying in that first appointment, I need this. And there's a reason I'm here and I will I will agree to go on this journey. I mean it didn't take a lot of convincing. Mm. It was it was obvious to me that I needed that I needed mm. some sort of help. And that's a powerful place to choose from. Even though it was a place of pain, mm. it's a powerful place to choose from. Yeah. Chanti, yeah. a lot of your customers say as well that it wasn't, you know, it was 10, 12, 15 sessions before any kind of touch even took place or or, or any kind of nudity working with their bodies, mm. which it's not a compulsory thing. No. Mm. It's not. So it's, it's just really about how much do you really, you know, how much are you Listen, willing? from my point of view, it's, it's, it's very clear and it's very interesting. So it's not a talk therapy process. We talk a lot. Yeah. There's no question. Yeah. But our bodies reflect all that we are, particularly our sexuality. So mm. when there's pain, when there's trauma around that, it sits in our bodies. And more often than not, it sits in our genitals. So, for example, for a lot of women, there's very little sensation internally in the yonis, in their mm -hmm. vaginas. So, that's emotion, that's trauma, that's negative experiences, that's inhibitions, it's limiting beliefs, it's fear, judgment, guilt, yeah. shame, that sits there. So, tissue should be alive and awake and exciting and sensitive. It's actually no more tender or even painful mm. because of what's sitting there. And the same thing for men, that a lot of men, once that release starts to happen, sexual sensation increases enormously, and they just realize how numb and how shut yeah. down we've been for so long. And I think mm. I definitely was there. There was a mm. lot of numbness. There yeah. was a lot of, in a sense, I needed a lot of physical work to, mm. to explore that vulnerability, which I'd never allowed. Yeah. And that's the only way that yeah. you are going to release that. Because yeah. you can talk about it forever, yeah. but it's not a mind thing. It's in yeah. your body. It's in your tissues. It's in your cells. Mm. And any sort of healing mm. work is quicker when you start engaging with the body. Mm. The body work is just... It, you know, it happens a lot, a lot quicker. The mm. healing is, and because it's, it's real and it's tangible and it's um, physical. Yeah, because a lot of the ideas that we have about ourselves are simply that they're a story. Mm. So the story is yeah. in your mind yeah. and your mind holds on to the story for all it's worth. And as mm. much as you try and release the story, even though you know it's negative, even though you know it's limiting, your mind just holds mm. that story. Because it's what it knows. That's it. Yeah. And the way the mind works is it will always go where it knows. Yeah. It doesn't matter how little that serves us. It doesn't matter how much that serves us. That's what the mind will do. Yeah. So if we don't change that in the body, it doesn't shift. Mm. And I think in a way my, my physical process happened mm. quite quickly mm. in the sense that I, I suppose I was ready. And I kind of was feeling that the work had to be physical. Mm. And maybe it was from the yoga journey that, you know, I understood energy. I understood mm. the physical process. It, it did really did feel like I needed something to start unlocking. Mm. And I remember actually there was a, it's, it's quite a powerful healing experience for me. There was a moment where in that, those first few months, the, the chaos and the anger and the frustration, I literally, there was just so much anger one day, so much anger. And I remember running into my lounge, and at the time I had a friend who was staying with me, living with me, and said, I'm so angry. And he was like, here's 20 wine bottles. Just go and smash them. Mm. Like, here's empty. Just go and throw them against the wall. And I did. Like, that was the only mm. way to release that, mm. that fury. But that's the physicality. That's the physicality, exactly. Mm. And there was nothing else, I think, at that moment 
apart from me hurting someone, mm. that would have released it. And then fascinatingly, the next day in yoga class, I was in some sort of twist posture. And my yoga teacher came to me and adjusted me to previously where she thought my body could mm. go. And suddenly said, wow. And she did more. And there was, there was a bigger physical mm. release. She was like, wow, look at this. You can, you know, mm. something, something has shifted. Yeah. See, something has changed. What happens with that is we get locked into a very limited space. And yeah. that's it. It's a channel of energy. It's a frequency that becomes extremely and incredibly limited. Yeah. There's no space in that to move because of how we're holding on to it. Mm. And as soon as we release that, there's space. There's space. Absolutely. And that was, for me, such a powerful physical experience mm. of that. That actually all I had to do was get a bit angry. All yeah. I had to do was release that to then go, mm. look. But it There's wasn't that, it was space. acknowledging the anger yeah. and allowing yes. yourself to feel and it. And allowing to experience it. That's it. Yeah. And that's what we do with so much is we suppress the emotions. Mm. Because we put them in a little box that say, this is good, this is bad. So if this is a yeah. good emotion, I put it in a box, I put yes. a whole lot of labels. Yeah. If it's a bad emotion, I put it in a box and I put a whole lot of labels mm. there. I can't get the gifts or learning or anything from either one of those because of the fact that I put it in a box. Yeah. Instead of saying, okay, so there's all this anger. So I release it, and at some point I'll acknowledge where that comes from. Mm. But then I don't live from that anger. Yeah. And I don't have to be an angry person. Mm. What else could I be? And the world of possibilities open up. Yeah. And there are things that are going to make us angry. Yeah. But the more we acknowledge that, the more... We're in charge of the anger, not the anger being in charge of us. And that's such mm. a huge thing. Mm. Because for so many of us, we get so locked into those emotions. That becomes the power, not choice. Yeah. So for me, I say it's often it's a difference between a reaction and a response. Mm. So most of, of what we do is a reaction. It comes out of that limited emotional pattern. It's like somebody hits your knee. Your leg goes up, it's kind of a reflex. Instead of simply saying, wait a minute, I am angry. And then take the word but right out of that sentence. I'm angry and I can still talk calmly. I can still be with you. Mm. That's not in a way that's coming from that anger. Yeah. And that's where we start to free ourselves, that we can make that choice. And that's what healing is. It's about a choice. Mm. How do we want to live? What are the kind of relationships we would like to have? What are the sexual experiences, the intimate experiences, the creative experiences, the spiritual experiences? What is the life we would like to live? And where are we making those choices from? Mm. An expectation of others, a fear of, if I don't do this, you're not going to love me. Mm. Or, what is this life about for me? Yeah. And I think that's, that's become clearer mm. for me, is choice and, mm. you know, making decisions which are based on what I want mm. and how I want to be in the world, because there are those options. Mm. I think before I didn't, there were no options. There was just the one heteronormative kind of way of mm. being. And it does feel like now there are multitudes of possibilities, mm. which is exciting. 
So from this comes the idea of exploration and possibilities. Mm. And this opened a fascinating journey for yeah, you. Yeah, it did. <laughs> Where did that journey begin? What was kind of the first sort of breakout experience in a way? The first breakout experience was um, definitely when I started thinking about the different types of sensual experiences mm. I could have. And I sort of, I did actually volunteer myself to be involved in a more BDSM sort of, um, what's the word, sensual sort of demonstration, mm. which felt like a massive leap to kind of going, well, maybe I would like to experience okay. something which I had never even thought I would mm. be interested in. So it felt like a massive leap for me from going, well, there's vulnerability as I understand it in a partnership central setting. And then maybe there's also vulnerability where there is um, toys and props and engagement of maybe where I am, um, what's the word, where I am and held in a space and, and literally it's an experience where I'm not in control, mm. which I think in a way imposes more vulnerability mm. because you are having an experience which is designed to, to give you sensuality and pleasure, but you are not, you are not sort of the implement, you're not implementing it. Mm. You're not, um, it's a different way of engaging and it's a different way of, of experiencing and, and um, playing with vulnerability. And what did you get from that experience? Um, I loved it. <laughs> and I remember you asked me as we were about to begin, mm. you said to me, how are you feeling? And I said, I'm a little bit scared. And you said, okay, what are you scared of? And the reality of the fear was not oh, people are going to see me or I don't know what's going to happen or I'm wearing a blindfold or I'm naked in front of some people. It was, what if I like it? Mm. Because if I like it, then that means I have taken the lid of what I understand mm. about who I am and what I understand about my sexual journey. And I'm opening a door into something I don't even understand, mm. which was the best thing I could have done because it was just this new world mm. that opened up um, and realizing that I love being in that submissive, which actually is more powerful, I mm. think, because you can control the experience. You are saying less, more, mm. no, carry on. Oh, sad that in those experiences is in charge. Yes, exactly. Mm. So you are opening yourself up to a different type of experience, which is sensual, which is sometimes slightly painful, which is you are, you know, depending on the experience in a, in a bondage situation or, but it just opened a world and a world of experience, of sensual experience, mm. which has changed my ideas about myself and my, my ideas about sexuality hugely. Mm. So the fascinating thing is, is the answer that you gave there, the fact that I'm scared that I'm going to enjoy yeah, this yeah. is so common. Yeah. Because something touches a nerve inside of us and mm. we know something. And oh, now it's real. Yeah. And I like it. Yes. And then what? Because <laughs> what does that mean about me? Yeah. And all of a sudden your entire Absolutely. definition changes. Yes. And, and assuming that, it's, it's like you say, it's one part. Mm. So assuming that that meant I would have to change everything about my yeah. life and I'd have to walk around wearing leather mm. and, 
you know, those very kind of stereotypical mm. ideas. And that also what I realized, that experience, that there are a multitude of levels mm. in that kind of world. So it could be a very vanilla, in a sense, experience, a very mm. light, sensual play. You know, there, there are huge extremities of what you can experience mm. in that realm. And that, it just, yeah, it opened up a whole different world, which was, is incredibly exciting. Mm. Where else did you go and explore? Um, so I was brave enough to visit a few <laughs> sex clubs mm -hmm. as well to kind of go, well, if I now understand that sex is just sex and I'm a single woman, why not? Um, and I was very lucky to be introduced to the right places where I felt incredibly safe, where I could have incredibly um, consensual and, yeah, the word is safe, safe mm. experiences and feel that I could do anything and not be judged. Mm. I think that's the amazing thing, that in that space you are all there for the same reason, mm. to explore and to allow that incredible exploration. Mm. Um, I also currently date a couple, mm -hmm. um, which has been an incredible journey because I think, and I think it comes from the healing and the understanding and the integrity of the experience, that that has just been a gift that there is love and there is safety and there is um, an understanding of the dynamics. So there's never been any drama. There's never been um, any behind each other's backs. It's all just been a beautiful given gift. So what is a multi-partner experience like for you in whatever configuration or way that that happens? Um, well, it's just, I mean, on a very base level, it's, it's double the pleasure, it's double the experience, it's double the energy. Um, but it's also really about a very beautiful intimacy and, and so much sharing and, and so little judgment. It's just, it's just really an, an exploration. Um, and what's very clear and what I enjoy about that ex experience, it's very clear that they are in a relationship and that I add value to that. Mm. So, and, and it ranges. That, that relationship ranges from purely sometimes meeting up for dinner and catching up, how are your lives, what is happening, to, to going away on and having dirty weekends mm. and being very honest about what that is. And if I don't see them for a few months, that's okay. Mm. There's no jealousy. There's no expectation. It is what it is. It's important to acknowledge that just because you go on a journey of sexual healing does not mean that you go and have multi-partner experiences, that you go to a swingers club or a sex club, that you go and have bondage experiences. It's important that people are able to make a choice and just understand that there are many more experiences. And then I think what also becomes so important is the consciousness that we go into the experiences with, that there comes a purpose. It's not just for the sake of. Yeah. So I'm doing this to explore something about myself. And in that, I choose and create the boundaries of that experience. So for example, you choose to go and kiss another woman. And maybe that's where your experience ends. Mm. So you have that experience, you step back. Okay, how am I feeling? What did I get from that? What was my experience? What did that add to me? What did it heal? What did it release? What did it show me about myself? And that becomes enormously powerful in terms of the choices that we have. Yeah. 
Absolutely. And I think I do need to say that this has been my journey. Mm. So it's this is the way that I have explored. Mm. Absolutely. It's not to say that anyone else has to experience mm. this on their own journey. It, it mm. is exactly that, mine. And these have been what has been the exploration for me. Mm. Um, I think I've said it already, but what... I so enjoy is having the opportunity to define my relationships mm. and how those work. So part of the journey has absolutely also been exploring more polyamorous ways of engaging. So acknowledging that you can meet someone and connect with them on a profound intellectual level and have fascinating conversations and have stimulating, exciting, creative mm. um, experiences, but that it may not be a sexual relationship. Mm. And that you can actually absolutely have someone else in your life who then fulfills all your sexual needs um, and not have the two relationships conflict. Well, you know, one of the things that always comes up is the idea or the expectation that we have for one person to fulfill all of our needs. Yes. All of our intellectual needs, emotional yeah. needs, physical needs, financial yeah. needs, spiritual and sexual needs. Yeah. And firstly, that puts incredible pressure on one person. And it's expecting one person to be perfection beyond, and that might not happen. Absolutely. So to be yeah. fulfilled, if I can fulfill those different aspects of myself in various ways, I am more whole, and then I have more to add and to offer to all of those relationships. Absolutely. And I, I think the general idea of love is that it is limited. Mm. So it's like someone explained it very well the other day, that it's almost like your heart is a wallet. And when you've taken all the notes, all the money out of the wallet, it's empty. Which is the most absurd idea, to Absolutely. say that your love is limited. Your love is limited. Because if we start engaging with love as an idea of, well, the more love you give or you have, mm. the more love there is, that feels for me in my experience mm. of having more than one relationship mm. or partnership makes so much more sense. Because the more I engage with someone, which fulfills me in whatever way, mm. whether it's sexual or emotional or um, just exciting mm. conversations or experiences, the more I have to give in my other relationships because I'm being, I'm being fueled mm. and um, inspired in a new way. So once I have more energy, there's more energy to give. Mm. So in a way, it enriches the other relationships. Yeah, and that really comes back to the idea that the more that I have within myself, the more I have to share with you yes. in whatever way I choose. Yeah. And again, it's important to emphasize that doesn't mean that you have multiple relationships. Yes. It simply says that the choices we have become more open. Yeah. And we see where we've made our choices from. Mm. Are they fear-based choices? Or are they based in pleasure and possibility? Yeah. And you know, when I started under the banner of Eros Life, I've called it a path of pleasure and a path of possibility. Mm. And it simply says, do we make choices from possibilities or from fear? Yeah. And when we make choices from pleasure, it comes from a higher vibration, a higher frequency. Those mm. are going to be choices that are going to allow us greater happiness, greater fulfillment. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that they're easy choices. Mm. And that's kind of yes. the expectation is yes. I've got it all sussed and I know exactly how it's going to be. Absolutely, Nothing is further from the truth. Yeah. It means that I have different tools to d 
deal with the choices that I've made. Yeah. And I'm more conscious in that. And one of the massive gifts of my experience of mm. a more polyamorous lifestyle mm. has been the reality that communication is key mm. and having difficult conversations, mm. very difficult conversations, has, um, has equipped me, I think, to not be afraid of those conversations mm. in relationship and to be able to have them. Very few relationships know how to do that. Yeah. I'll tell you something, a little yeah. bit of a diversion. I see a lot of people in relationship and in different relationship spaces. And I think re most relationships these days are more about actual kind of partnerships than relationships. People function well together. Mm. So we consider that a relationship. Mm. And that's all. Yeah. And it, again, touches the surface of what could be in that space. Mm. So if I'm there for myself, and this is fascinating. So I talk about this a lot. Years ago, I read a piece by a guy called Anthony DeMello. He was a Jesuit priest, not alive anymore. But he wrote a piece that says, essentially, everything that we do, we are getting something from. As altruistic or giving as I might be, I am getting something from that. So the more that I acknowledge that, the more I know why I'm in that space I'm in. And then a while ago, somebody asked me, what do I get from loving her? And this fascinated me because it wasn't about what do I like about her? It was totally about me. Mm. What do I get from loving? And when you start looking at a relationship like that, that's when worlds really do open because you see, why are you there? Never mind the giving. What am I? So it allows me to give different parts of me. Hmm. It allows me that experience of that part of me that gives to hmm. her. And I Things think, like that. Yeah. I, I mean, that resonates hmm. very strongly with me right now, actually, in my journey. Hmm. But also, if I, if I take it back to having more than one partner, hmm. multiple partners... It allows me to explore different aspects of yeah. myself. That's the one thing which is so incredibly exciting. I'm having the lover who is nurturing and loving, and we it's affectionate. And then I'm also having the lover who throws me against the wall and fucks me silly because mm. they are not, you know, you, it doesn't have to be one or the other. Which some again, some people might not be able to fulfill those aspects of ourselves. Yeah, because it's just not in them. Yeah, that's all. Exactly. And when we look at that as a lack. It means we can't express that part of ourselves. Mm. And that becomes an enormous issue because we either suppress that, we don't allow it its expression, and it goes somewhere aberrant, it has to. Yeah. And in that is just the most amazing freedom. Hmm. The more freedom you have, the more responsibility you have many times, or the more, actually, the more you choose... You have more responsibility as well to yourself, first yes, of all. Yes, to yourself. Mm. You, it's almost like being numb or being in lack of responsibility is easier. You're like a child, I do what everybody do. All of a sudden, yeah. if the relationship is not good, ah, I just did what everybody did. I, I didn't mm. mean it. There's something about doing what everybody does that takes, like it's us, in, now they explain to me in NLP, it's called the us position. So it's the fourth position of... You know, I did it because, you know, it's just, of course, that's what you do. That's what we do. And when you take this away, like, 
It amazes me. I sit here in this room, I hear this amazing story. I went through very similar experiences at some point of my life. And, uh, you know, and it still amazes me how much comes up from my, from my gut that says, Oh my God, are we going to be okay? <laughs> Is it, are we going to be okay? Uh, like, because you all the time want to know that everything's going to be okay. But yeah. the simple truth is that that's an illusion that we live with. Of course. That yeah. we don't know what's going to be okay and what's not. That's, that's we for presume sure. we're getting home tonight and we yeah. presume that it's yeah. going to be as we left it and everything is. I sat with somebody yesterday in my office and there was an observer to the session. And afterwards we were talking about it. And the observer said, it's a woman whose relationship is in some trouble. And she said, you never said to her that it's going to be okay, that things are going to be fixed or sorted out. Mm. And I have no idea, A, if that's going to happen, and B, what that actually means. And that's an important one, because the perception is that maybe being okay is that that marriage is going to work. And maybe being okay means that she's going to create a happy life for herself and he's going to create a happy life for himself and that might not be together. So we don't yeah. know that. But as you said that about responsibility, something really struck me and I don't know that it's ever done in this way before. Responsibility actually means conscious choice. Responsibility? Conscious choice. Yeah. Because yeah. my response needs to be more conscious. Present. Mm. What is mm. my choice in responding? And that kind of puts responsibility a little bit different because we look at that. Yeah. Responsibility is quite a loaded word. Yeah. Who am I responsible for? Yeah, like a weighty word. Yeah, yeah. it is. And it's, in actual fact, it's quite a limited word. Conscious choice. Mm. What is my conscious choice in that moment? And it feels like that's a, a more empowering way mm. of of unpacking responsibility. Mm. Um, but yeah, there, I mean, there is there's huge responsibility in this in this journey. Mm. Um, and in a way, having having had it alone means that I've only ever really been responsible to myself, as as all of us always are. But I can imagine negotiating with a partner does mean mm. a constant checking in, a constant mm. how are you, where are you, whereas my journey has been essentially a very selfish one because it has been all about my experience mm. and, and my pleasure and my exploration. So let's look at that. How has your pleasure changed and increased from this, your sexual pleasure? Wow. Um, I don't know if I was ever really having sexual pleasure before <laughs> just because I was so under the impression that there was sex meant one thing. Mm. And like you always say, it meant a, a genital stimulated activity till most likely the other person had an orgasm. Mm. And now the, taking that assumption out of the equation means that there are just so many ways. And sometimes the most pleasurable thing is a simple touch, massage, exercise, mm. and that gives more pleasure, more satisfaction than any actual penetration. Mm. Um, and then obviously each person is so different. The energy is so different. Mm. The, the engagement is so different. Um, How has your body changed in its pleasure response? I would say I'm much, I'm much more in touch so there's much more an understanding, mm. and there's an understanding of how many different 
I mean, not just even how many different orgasms, but how many different ways to pleasure, how much more different sensuality. Um, and also what it's changed for me is my priorities. So I now, if I talk about this experience to friends, I will say, I need affection in my life, what I need, like my, um, what's the Maslow hierarchy of needs. Mm -hmm. I need affection. I need nurturing. I need sensuality and I need orgasms. Mm. And that is not, it's not a second. It's a, as to be a happy, fully functional woman in the world, my body is built for pleasure. Mm. And I know that if I'm not getting those things, if I'm not having orgasms, if I'm not engaging in some sort of sensual exchange, I'm not fulfilled, regardless of how well everything else is going in my life, my work, my, my relationships. It, it feels like it is... It's a fundamental. It's as fundamental as breathing or, or drinking water to keeping me fully functional in the world. I have to say something. A, a few, uh, a, a while back, I sat next to a guy trying to explain a, a business idea. I think I spoke about it in the other show. And uh, I said uh, something like, so basically I would love to bring um, much more sensual content to people uh, through my business. And, you know, I want to take Jonti's, you know, Jonti's work and other amazing therapists around the world, bring it in one, in one place. And he said to me, it's called Google. And then I said, um, no, actually try, try type sensuality in Google. You'll never find something that actually is, you'll find something reliable. And then he said, but what, what, why, why do you think I'm interested? Why do you think it's interesting for people? And it was so sad that moment. And I'm sitting with a person who's fully, you know, such an educated mm -hmm. person. Okay, it's only one, but we know that it's not only one. And we know it's a majority that will never agree with what you're saying right now. That a woman, it's her rightful right mm -hmm. to just be mm -hmm. satisfied and in a, with a smile. And mm -hmm. to be physically uh, fulfilled and in, enjoying a physical touch and sex and sensuality. Because yes, it's two separate things. And... The more I had the conversation with that wonderful, brilliant guy, the more I was just happy I'm not his wife. And that made me even more driven. <laughs> yeah. So what would you say to anybody even thinking about this journey? Somebody, to any woman out there, full stop, regardless. And a lot of people come to a journey like this, not from a pain space, not from something being wrong, just to learn more about ourselves, to explore. What would you say to that? I would say it's the most exciting gift mm -hmm. And thing you're ever going to do in your life to really explore and really to number one understand your body better and how your body operates and because we're not taught i mean mm. it's i think in response to what tamar was saying we're not taught men are not taught men have no clue women have no clue mm. about the possibilities of pleasure and physically how their bodies work and just all the levels you know that that um and i think people really don't understand sensuality and the gift And that soft, slow touch can be much more arousing than, than any, mm. you know, quickie sort of experience. Um, my advice would be to absolutely have, have the bravery, I think, because sometimes it can be a lonely journey and people are not going to understand. Um, but I think there's a, there's an intuitiveness that will guide anyone who is really genuinely wanting to embark on a on essential experience and i want to add to that that first find the right therapist that you trust that you know um uh, that is you know recommended and very clean 
um, his history, his past, definitely just go to the leading therapist and if they can't see you, just they will, you know, give you another number. The second thing is the fact that you are starting a journey again, you're actually going to see that a lot of people don't deserve your energy. A lot of people actually you're starting to want more experiences. You'll actually have to be more picky because when you just want to fuck, you actually let a lot of garbage in. And when you start to want to have have pleasure and intimacy, you'll need to choose sometimes even much more. The third thing is that definitely keep it safe. Uh, there's something about celebrating yourself with some moments in that journey that you feel liberated and you feel alive and you just want to explore a lot even if it's with one another person but all of a sudden the safety thing is almost like the 60s effect you get a little bit of a carried away so just always remember sex is sex and people's emotions is something that is you know just you always need to deal with cares as jessica said that this is something on the contrary with your central journey you learn more how to deal with it what is your need? Where are you coming from? You learn to communicate, mm. which is so important. And the last thing, make time for it. Yeah. This is a basic element of who we are. And mm. if you're angry on your partner, and if you want to use sex as a weapon, or your sensuality, your own sexual needs and sensual needs as a weapon against your partner, that is your decision. And when you make time once, twice, or three times a week to make sensual time, don't. doesn't matter if you didn't do the dishes today. It doesn't matter if... <laughs> Time for practice, and that's it. It's something that is important to make time, and then everything will just happen from the teachings and the wheeling. Thank you so much for sharing this. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful to share the vulnerability and the intimacy and the power, and mm -hmm. it's such an honor for me. Thank, mm, thank you. Thank you. And I wish you all so much pleasure. This is CliffCentral.com.